Thank you for joining us Around the Fire. For more information or to make a donation, please visit randomactnetwork.com. Now, want to hear a scary story? It was a chilly February evening, and all the residents of Church Street had long been snowed in by the storm. The narrow one-street subdivision sat just a few miles away from town, lined by thick pines from each side. Even though the town was near, the street felt quite secluded. It had the aura of a gated community, even though their only gates were evergreen. The neighbors all knew each other, and events and parties frequently spilled beyond the sidewalk and into the street. Everyone looked out for the local kids, and many people left their doors unlocked. It wasn't even seven o'clock, but it had been pitch black for hours. The snow had been coming down with such a force for so long that the roads into town had disappeared. Plows would be through by the morning, most likely, but the residents of Church Street were snowed in for the night. Evelyn's parents called to let her know that they were staying in a hotel an hour away. They'd been visiting friends, and Evelyn was glad to have the house to herself. She hadn't been home alone there since before she left for college, and the storm gave her the perfect excuse to stay longer and miss class. She bundled up and stepped onto the front porch. A biting gust of wind nearly forced her back inside. Through the endless curtain of pouring snow, she could barely make out the neighbor's house across the street. Shielding her joint from the wind, she clicked the lighter and lit the twisted end. Once she was nice and high, she'd find a snack and pick a movie to watch. Taking in the smoke, she continued looking around. The street had only a few lights, and the illumination didn't stand a chance against the storm. To the left lived Mrs. Keating and her husband. She was lovely, a retired teacher, but he had never said a word to Evelyn even when she lived there. Their living room lights were on. They were probably sleeping in front of the TV. The house next door on the other side belonged to the Washingtons, a group of five that perpetually resembled a perfect family portrait. The lights were on throughout their house, so it seemed the whole family was home. Evelyn flicked the butt of her joint into the wind, it was biodegradable, and went back into the house, deadbolting the door. She hung up her coat, removing her dripping hat and boots. As she headed into the living area, walking directly towards the back door, she thought she caught a glimpse of movement on the back deck. She froze, staring at her reflection in the glass. She took a step towards the back door, but immediately changed her mind. She had just smoked. She was stoned. Evelyn went into the kitchen and warmed herself some leftovers, cracking open a can of soda. Flipping through the channels, she found an old Goldie Hawn movie and settled into the couch. After a while, she returned to the kitchen to clear her plate. As she watched her reflection cross the house in the glass of the back door, she was reminded of what had happened before. She left her plate in the sink and calmly walked to the door, nearly pressing her face up to the glass. She looked into the night. The snow was still coming down, beautifully blanketing the trees. Evelyn's eyes followed the flakes, haphazardly blowing through the wind on their way to the ground. The entire deck was nearly invisible in the mounding snow. It took a few moments for Evelyn to realize what she was looking at. 
but then her heart sank into her chest. Just on the other side of the glass was a pair of footprints in the snow. It appeared someone had walked from around the house, onto the deck, and up to the glass door. From there, they continued in the other direction. Evelyn slid the door open and a gust of wind entered the house. Shocked, she slammed it closed again, quickly turning the lock. The door had been unlatched the whole time. She took deep, measured breaths, trying not to panic. If she had come in from smoking just a few moments later, she may have met the surprise visitor face to face. Evelyn called her parents, but they didn't answer. She called a friend, but he didn't answer either. She was desperately trying to feel like she wasn't alone. Finally, she called her neighbor, Mrs. Keating. Hello? Mrs. Keating, hi. It's Evelyn, from next door. Evelyn, sweetheart. I thought I saw you walking in the other day, just visiting. House-sitting, actually. My parents are out of town, uh, but I, I actually, I'm sorry, I, I'm kind of freaking out right now. I'm here alone, and outside in the snow, there's footprints coming up the back door. I think I saw someone trying to get in, and I, I don't know if they left, Oh my or... goodness, dear, you sound so frightened. First, have you made sure all of the doors are locked? Yes, everything is locked now. Okay, sweetie. You need to call the police. Oh, I thought that too. But they won't be able to get here before tomorrow at the earliest. Mrs. Keating didn't respond. Evelyn's eyes stayed on the back door. I called my parents, but I guess they're busy. I don't know. I'm just really scared. Mrs. Keating? Mrs. Keating? Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I... I thought to double-check my own locks, and there are footprints leading to our back door, too. Evelyn didn't know what to say. Isn't that strange? Our doors are locked, of course. I can't believe we didn't notice. We're sitting right here. Mrs. Keating, I think I have to call the Washingtons. The footprints go towards their house. Mrs. Keating planned to phone the police at the same time, and they'd follow up with the other once they had more information. It felt like Evelyn's ribcage would bruise from the pressure of her pounding heart, and she was desperate to calm down. She pulled a bottle of whiskey from the pantry to her lips and drank. Mr. Washington picked up the phone on the second ring, and was as surprised as Mrs. Keating to hear from Evelyn. After she explained, he walked to the back of the house. A long silence was followed by him confirming that they, too, had footprints walking up to their back door, which then continued towards the next house. They disconnected so Mr. Washington could reach out to his neighbor. Before Evelyn could decide what to do next, he was already calling back. The Beckers were out of town, he said, and confirmed on their security system that the house was locked up tight. Whoever it was must have continued to the next house. Evelyn was at a loss for what to do. She didn't know the neighbors any further down the road. She turned the TV off, but the silence was blaring. Just after she turned it back on, her phone rang. It was Mrs. Keating. Evelyn, dear, have you spoken to anyone else yet? Yes, I I spoke to Mr. Washington. The footprints went to his back door, too. Rod Wilson, a few doors down, confirmed there were footprints there, too, and they keep on going to the next house. Do you know who lives there? Yes, it's that queer little man and his dogs. 
I can never remember his name, and I don't have his phone number. What did the police say? What do you think? They said they'll be here in the morning. Do you have anyone else's number on the street? Uh, yes. Just Betty Whitaker in the last house at the end. Mrs. Keating kept Evelyn on the line while she made a three-way call. The phone rang a few times, and finally, Betty answered. Whitaker residence. Betty, dear, it's Loretta. Hi, Loretta. How are you holding up? I've also got little Evelyn on the line with me. Hello. Little Evelyn? Little Evelyn Peters? Hi, Mrs. Whitaker. Betty, I've got kind of a weird question to ask you. Are you near your back door? No, I'm upstairs in the den. Why do you ask? We don't want to alarm you, but we think someone's going around trying to break into houses. Everyone on the street had these footprints walking up to their back doors. You keep your doors locked, right? Let me just find my slippers. Here. I'm going downstairs now to check. Nobody ever comes all the way to the end of the street. Not even my own grandchildren. So I don't think... Mrs. Whitaker? Betty, do you see footprints? Yes. I'm looking at my back porch now. There are footprints leading up to the door, but none leading away. What came next was a blur. Word spread quickly over the phone, and a group of three husbands, Mr. Washington included, took off for the Whitaker house together to ensure that Betty was all right. The men looked everywhere, but didn't find anyone inside. They couldn't find any indication that someone had entered from the backyard. One of them joked that Betty was the source of the footprints the whole time, that she had forgotten where she lived and wandered to every house before she finally got home. Though a tad cruel, it did account for the fact that the footprints never left. Betty agreed to stay with the Washingtons until the morning, until the police could confirm that her home was safe. She didn't want to be there alone. In the mid-afternoon the next day, the roads were finally cleared enough for emergency vehicles to get through. Betty met the officers outside her house, watching an entire team go in and out, checking every room thoroughly. They couldn't find a sign that anyone had been there other than Mrs. Whitaker herself, and the footprints out back were long lost to the storm. The house, they said, was secure. Both Mrs. Keating and Evelyn received calls from Mrs. Whitaker to share the news and invite them over for cocoa. The neighbors bundled up and walked to the end of the street together, laughing about how scared they had been. Now that the footprints were gone, even Evelyn started to question if they were ever there at all. Mrs. Whitaker had just gone into the kitchen to fetch the schnapps when both Evelyn and Mrs. Keating heard a dull sound from below. They went silent, holding for another noise. They heard Betty tuddling around the kitchen, but nothing else. After an hour or so, the guests put on their coats and headed home. They were only passing the next driveway when they heard a horrible, petrified scream from the house they'd just left. Evelyn sprinted back to the Whitaker house, leaving Mrs. Keating behind. As she neared the driveway, a thin man burst through the front door, running into the yard and towards the street. He wore all black and his eyes were dark and wide. 
He rushed so frantically that he fell to all fours for a few strides before getting back up to his feet. Evelyn screamed. Mrs. Keating saw him too and began yelling to alert the other neighbors as the man made his way down Church Street. Evelyn threw herself through the front door, calling for Mrs. Whitaker. There was no response. She called again, stepping slowly towards the dining room she'd left just minutes ago. The smell of cocoa still lingered. As Evelyn passed through the frame into the room, she found the poor old woman lying lifeless on the floor. The basement door was wide open, and Evelyn's eyes followed the stairs down into the darkness. Below, she saw several boxes and suitcases, one of which was lying open and empty. Just looking at it, it should not have been large enough to contain an adult man. Mrs. Keating finally made it to the front door. She hollered something about the intruder, but Evelyn didn't comprehend it. Stay in there, Mrs. Keating. Evelyn didn't want her to have to see her old friend lying there, an innocent casualty in the stranger's search for shelter. There was no blood, no sign of struggle. Poor Mrs. Whitaker likely died of fright. Footprints. Story by Brian Renaud. Told by Shannon Lee Weber. Featuring Terry Lynn Hudson and Hannah Mary Simpson. 